put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we four witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and outrageous feminism. Plus, some witchship. So yeah, uh, Jay and I started our day by going to something heavy. No, we didn't. You that's, went to Ellie. That's, that's right. We went to Ellie Shiva, and she talked about bull gods of the Mediterranean uh, in ancient times, and it was very informative. I learned a bunch of shit that I didn't know. Um, for instance. Oh my gosh, she's so wise. Um, <laughs> Uh, where to start? I know, yeah. I really, I, well, first of all, I wouldn't say that bull gods are really my jam, but as I told her in her talk, I would listen to her read a phone book because she is amazing. And she loved that. Yeah, she really did love it, which uh, made me feel warm inside. She's fantastic. But um, she, uh, she, she's a great lecturer, and I mean, if she like taught at a university level, I would try to take all of her classes. But um, she did a, a really great synopsis of, like, the bull god and how it was found, you know, not just in uh, ancient Israel, but also, like, Turkey, lots of, just pretty much all the way from Africa all the way to, like, like northern European, like, it spans a, a really, really wide swath of the globe during ancient times, and you know, like a lot of it pre, you know, pre writing. Yeah. So yeah, it was really interesting. It's something I didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge about beforehand. So was really glad I went. Yeah. Did you, uh... I, I thought it was interesting because I didn't know anything about right. any bull gods, and she was talking about like that he's like the strong, kind, silent. Like you look at a bull, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, I'm. you could just look at it and know it's powerful. It's not like a bison that's all fluffy. Right. But like you look at a bull and it's like shiny muscles. And right. like apparently he's a very sexy god, like a very old, wise, great. Cause she very, she mentioned that he was a sexy god. Yeah, virile. Really, when you think about a bull, I mean, after, you know, kind of agriculture came into play, like, the, they would, you know, pass the bull around the community so that everybody could have, like, a, a herd. If you had a cow and you've got a bull in the village, then everybody can have calves. So. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, a, a, like, a wealth of itself. Yes, like, it's right. That, that, riches. Right, that symbolizes riches. So. Yeah, power and riches. Yeah. Well, and, of course, I mean, I know from uh, Lily that the uh, cattle rune literally symbolizes it well, means wealth yeah. so right right yeah it was really cool i mean as always i'm so glad to see her at at this con and um because she's the one you learned lux from well let's <laughs> let's not exactly put it that way i bought her book on lot casting and i have since you know tried to make a practice out of that um still you know still working with it and but yeah, she's like my hero, and it's it's really strange because that's not. I wouldn't necessarily find myself drawn to ancient Hebrew practices, but when the, the very first time I saw her and she cast lots in a room, and and I was part of that, I I don't know. I felt an instant connection. So I think there must be something very old and deep inside of me that I don't even know to have that connection. So. Anyway, it was a great, but it was purely a lecture. It wasn't really a, a workshop. There was not. There was a lot of uh, questions from the audience, but it was it was really just her giving a lecture, and I just didn't want to miss that. So I'm glad we got up and did that together. Yeah, yeah, it was great. 
And then y'all went to the heavy ritual. Correct? Then we went yes. to the heavy ritual. Oh, one oh in which gosh. I did not write any notes because I was too moved. No, I just haven't had time to write my notes, but I remember it well. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that worked? Oh my gosh. It was um, Realms of the Dark Goddess. So that was heavy? You don't say. You don't say. <laughs> which we started by, like, each section, we all were, like, in this huge, I mean, it was a huge ritual. There were a lot of people there. It was in one of the ballrooms, correct? Yes. And we were broken into sections where, you know, we were in the east and we got Hecate, which was fitting. Of course. Um, for Stody, or it was fitting for Blackbird. Mm. And, uh, and then they called on Kali. Yep. And then they also called on Inanna. Inanna? Ereshkigal. No. Yes. No, Morgan. Morgan, right. Sorry. And then Ereshkigal. Ereshkigal. Right. Yes. And uh, so, yeah. And so we called to all the directions. Mm -hmm. I really and liked that chant, too, because, you know, minor key chants are my jam. Yeah, it was like, ancient queen of darkness, Hecate, Hecate, dark queen. Come, come to us. And then, and then the next section would be doing Kali in it. And mm -hmm. so each was calling to the, the goddess that was their section. Right. So when you were hearing each person, like it was kind of cool when like, yeah. I was calling. I like that doing simultaneous quarters mm -hmm. or however many things you want to do, but having everyone do it at the same time. Yeah. Well, like, what's good is like... One the, section started. Right. One section started saying it three times. Then the next section but starts. But then we kept going. Right. So then by the time it was everybody singing. Right. And but then at the end, goddesses. you do it in the reverse. So then it ended on us because we were the first to go and then it, um, then we were the last That's to sing. That's Yeah. Um, so it was really cool, like the, the energy that it channeled. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then... Oh gosh! Then we she had us all like think on something that was like a time in our life that we were in the underworld, like that what we were going through something that you know was our was hard. Yes, that was hard, a difficult time in your life, and how you got out of that, and how you felt uh, when you came out of that. Yeah, and it had to be something that was finished because she right. was like, "There's obviously going to be things that are unfinished," but she was like, "Think on something that." that you finish so you can think about what came out of it and how you were after that. And, um, and then you that, had to share that, that little synopsis with like your neighbor. So Jay and I, of course, shared with each other cause we were right there. It was pretty emotional. Yeah. It was pretty emotional. Yeah. I don't think either one of us really, I mean, walking into that room, that is not the thing that I thought I would be sharing. So that's, you know, yeah. always a surprise what comes to your mind. Um, yeah, I got teary-eyed because it just being honest with someone else about stuff that you don't always talk about. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's what that's what journeying with the dark goddess is for. I mm -hmm. mean, get in there. Get into that dirty stuff. Anyway, that's my song for that. Little potato hole. <laughs> Little potato hole. Um, then... After that, they put like about nine uh, chairs in the center facing out in a circle and uh, we we all started to circle it in a clockwise yeah. direction. Yes. yes. Yeah. And when she says "all," we're talking. I mean, there were at least at least a hundred people in that oh, room. Yeah. yeah. And so a hundred people circling to go into the underworld. So we're all circling these chairs, chanting, chanting. again a different different chant now. And um, yeah. So we're chanting. And then w once you feel the the call or the tug toward the chair, you face the chair, and and you know in the chair should be your uh, vision of, of whichever dark goddess is you know you're drawn to, and you ask ask your dark goddess your question, and it can be you know it could be about a particular thing. What should you be doing right now? What you know, any number of questions. Just what do you feel you need to ask the dark goddess, and then to receive your answer, you sit in the empty chair, and receive it. I and love that as like it's really great a trigger of like literally facing a chair mm -hmm. and then turning around and sitting in it because yep. that seems like it's so literal mm -hmm. that it would really break down whatever barrier it is that you would have to receiving that message. Like I really like that idea. That's definitely something we could use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think and that's that would be great to use in any you know any kind of uh, self introspection type ritual. This was that was really great. Yeah, both the chairs and the circling to go in and the, the circling the opposite to go out. I, I felt like that really helped lead you 
into that mindset. And then the chant was, uh, we go down as she goes down, we follow her underground, Helson and Nana, who died to be reborn. And then you did a slightly different one coming out. It was like, we return. We return as she returns. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was really neat. So do you want to share what happened in your chair? (laughs) (laughs) You met a new friend. I made a new goddess friend and she was fucking intense. I met the Morrigan. Yes. And she don't fuck around. She don't play. Oh my gosh. So like, basically I had asked her where I was like, why do I feel stagnant in my, my growth in my, uh, basically my shadow work I know we have feelings about that word but like digging into the deeper parts and pulling them all out Mm. and I was like bowing my head and kind of like feeling kind of down about it where I was just like I just felt stagnant and I sat down in the chair and she grabs my fucking chin and lifts it like with this like basically clawed nails and it's just like don't bow your head to anyone (gasps) and I was just like and oh my gosh she was fucking intense like, the only way I can describe, like, to, like, visually, in my mind, like, her eyes were, like, fucking labradite, like, oh. and, oh, so and great. she looked at me intense, like, it was not kind, it was not soft, it was not mean either, it sure. was just fucking intense, and it was like, you will not gain ground in your battle if you yield to everyone, do not be afraid of your bite, and that was it, wow. and then she let me let go of my face, and then I was done, and I was shaken, like, I just... That's pretty amazing. I love it. And it's been my favorite moment of the con so far because it really, that was the most powerful moment. I mean, there's been a lot of powerful moments, but that was the one that I was like, I need to work with her more because I'm both, she was scary, but beautiful and fierce. And the energy she gave me in that moment, I was just like, yes, ma'am. Yes, fucking ma'am. Whatever you say. Yes. Oh my God. That's awesome. Um, mine was a little bit different. It was still intense, but it was not, it was more, so I, you know, I, well, I don't know about, of course, I mean, I'd like to make a new friend, but it was, it was heckity as it, as it would be. And, uh, since she and I had already kind of conversed the night before, I knew not to ask her about the thing I asked her the, the night before. And so I just said, well, I mean, what's, what should I be doing right now? And she looked at me with her molten lava face and said, um, work on your penmanship. And, and I, I, I like asked her, I was like, do you mean writing? And she said, yes, that. And that was it. It was like, okay. <laughs> and so, so it was like, she didn't have the right word, but that's, she was saying, you know, you need to write more. So. Although that, I just, because you told me about that the other night, and I was just thinking, because penmanship to me is like when you think of like when you're in grade school and you're mm-hmm. like learning cursive, which apparently they don't teach anymore, but it's... What? It's, I didn't know that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other topic, but yeah. but it's so abstract. You're just thinking about the shape and yeah. like getting your little tiny baby hands to mm. like learn how to just physically do it, and it's not about the meaning Mm. it's not even really about the sound that that letter represents so maybe just that idea of the process of just trying to get it to flow and not be thinking not editorializing about the meaning Mm. but the penmanship of it just just practicing that craft of having it be smooth and and not be editorialized no i like that yeah no i that's kind of that's kind of the vibe i got like the more the vibe of just put it, just put stuff out there. Like stop thinking about like, just like keep turning things out. Yeah. Like more like the, it's the right now, like she wanted quantity, like not necessarily like some perfection little thing that, but you know, like I've been doing that more lately and just kind of going with whatever's inside my head. And I mean, it's out there good or bad but like i think that's what she was trying to say like yeah keep keep doing that do more of that yeah so yeah yeah so that was pretty great and so then we walked you know out of the underworld yes the opposite direction yeah and then we and then we um 
di- like not dismissed, but oh yeah, yeah, we did the chance again, but in the reverse. Chance where... again in reverse to close the quarters or whatever, and uh, that was pretty. It was yeah, that was very intense for eleven a.m. Oh, yeah. oh no! Yeah, yeah, I mean that was just oh, like no. real early to start uh, off with something deep. So. Yeah, we went back and like ate and took a nap after yeah. that because we were yeah. just like, oh like, yeah, we were kind of worn out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. eleven a.m. on a on like a Saturday. Everybody else is watching Muppet Babies and having Frosted Flakes, and <laughs> we're doing yeah. fucking dealing with the dark goddess. Intros- introspection Central. Yeah, and you got her, and her name was Jane Merritt that led that uh, uh, ritual and she is an author uh, Jay bought one of her books it is yeah. called I think it's called um, Journey gonna, to the Dark Goddess yeah, yeah Journey, Journey, to, the Dark Journey to the Dark Goddess I think yes. that's right yeah. yeah Jane Meredith she was she was great she was really great yeah so I, I, I recommend, recommend looking at her book she also had Aspecting the Dark Goddesses uh, book as well that I did not Ooh. I, I would like I had to look for that debate between a... the two and I picked I picked just one, so I'll just journey there first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at first, and then we'll get to aspect. Now you did, went and did a like a hospitality suite. Yeah, thing. I went to the Pandemo Suite, and because they were doing a Aries Artemis Athena devotional, and it ended up just being kind of like five or six of us and doing just like a chat, because everybody there was either a priestess or somebody that, you know, wanted to go there because we already had a relationship with that deity. Mm. But I will say, because, so there was not a lot to report so much about the ritual, but um, I did like the idea of pairing those deities with each other, um, not just because it's an alliteration, but the idea of, like, Aries kind of being, like, that brute force and then artemis is kind of more of that like independence and then athena is very much about justice and protection but kind of working inside the system like she's a city goddess you know so so having all three of those methods at your disposal and sort of pairing them together i thought was kind of interesting and I don't really work with Aries directly but i am an Aries, so it's definitely so mm. it's kind of just like on autopilot constantly. <laughs> so, um, but it was interesting hearing other people talking about working with him um, specifically because for me it's kind of just always on in the background. Yeah. But, um, and they were talking about him having like kind of like a very like big brother or sort of fatherly sort of vibe. He, they're like, yeah, if you're somebody who, for example, was kicked out of your home because your parents don't approve of your sexuality or something he's like yeah you're you're mine now i got your back like he's very much like that sort of protective big brother kind of energy which i totally get and um so yeah it was just fun to kind of chat with people i mean i grew up on hellenic mythology right so it's just always nice to remember like that i love it so much because I think especially, like, when we try to, to get together and do stuff or if I'm picking a new book to read or whatever, of course I want to learn something that I don't know anything about. So it's nice to remember the stuff that you grew up with that feels, like, real familiar and, and remember why you like it so Cozy. much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was kind of chill. Then we had a big break, and then we all went to Nine Faces of Odin, which was a ritual that was done by Diana Paxson and her group. And we have talked about Diana Paxson on this show yeah, more than once. I mean, we could just call this entire Pantheacon report, like... We love three of Yeah, three of us are fangirling over Diana Paxson and Ellie Shiva constantly. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Being yeah. slightly weird about it. <laughs> Probably, like, hovering, I was hovering uh, next to their tables while uh, Diana Paxson was reading runes and Ellie Shiva is casting lots. I'm like, can I just soak up? I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to learn something yeah. just hearing just bits of their here. combo. Yeah. But this ritual, because usually there's, like, a, a high seat, right, or seat where it's basically someone's channeling or aspecting a Norse god and, and you can ask them questions. So there was there was actually a different group that was going to present something like that this weekend, and for whatever reason, their event was canceled. So that was kind of disappointing. So this was kind of more just... Um, it was almost kind of a lecture about nine sort of aspects of Odin and sort of describing his different flavors and his different names and a little bit of history and lore and stuff. 
but instead of in a lecture format in sort of a more call-and-response interactive ritual, which right. I thought was kind of a fun way to present it. Lots of yeah. singing songs. There was a lot of singing. But there was also, I loved that they had for each face, like, something to kind of represent that we each did. Like, um, you know, uh, there was a room master one, and we each pulled a rune. Yes. And, uh, and then there was the Oski, the joy one, which they all, we each took a piece of chocolate. Right. Yeah, it was like the sweetness. Yes, and then we had another one where there was mead. Like each each face had something, and there was uh, the death god that had the black. The, they veil. would put your yeah put a black veil over you for a few seconds, and yeah, yeah, was, yeah. So I love that. Each that was thing. my favorite. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, it was that one was actually a little rough for me because because yeah. some of them were sort of call and response songs. And um, some of them were kind of chanty, and that one was more like a spoken word mm-hmm. poem. Yeah. So one, it was monotone, and also like Odin's a death god, but like he died himself. Yeah. And there's a yeah. Ragnarok. Like death in the Norse universe is different than in other. Like it's real. Like the gods have either will either in the future or have already in the past. Like. Died. So it's a very visceral, like, physical embodied concept of death. It's not sometimes the more sanitized, like, oh, it's the wheel of life. You're just moving from one phase to another. It's like, no, like, we're talking about death the way you think of death. Yeah. Where you're going to die. Your limbs are going to stop working. You're going to be struggling for breath. Like... Like your body like, be defunct. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was a little heavier than I was expecting. That that one was probably the roughest for me. Yeah. And ironically, um, one of the them was sort of his trickster as- aspect, um, or kind of his like unpredictable, like kind of sort of testing people sort of role. And uh, Diana Paxton, who clearly is like quite eloquent and writes mm. fiction and whatnot, she actually got um, her papers mixed up and like was stumbling over her words and yeah, right there at which that is, point. is yeah. clearly him being like ha 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 yeah messing with you yeah and so yeah i think she yeah knew. he showed she knew up it too yeah she knew it yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it was really uh really well done and i mean just to like bring her with us a little we saw a woman that was a uh, part of diana paxson's group that looks like our dear Lily would look in like 50 years from now. I mean, just beautiful, glowing white hair, this beautiful, like, Freya like outfit. I mean, statuesquely tall. Yes, just gorgeous older woman. But very, just yeah. quietly composed. Yes. Mm-hmm. We thought of you, Lily, so much. Which I love that she was also the one that wielded the axe during yeah. the uh, Sigfather, like, the battle guide. Like, yes. they all had, like, different weapons, and hers was this, like, the axe. And I was yeah. like, I love that she's this shield maiden. Yep. Yeah. 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 Definitely yep. made me think of Lily. Yep. But, yeah, we, we all, I think we all really liked that and got it, got quite a bit out of it. Y'all. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was cool that the rune I pulled was Algus, and I had just earlier that day texted Lily. Because, Not earlier that day, like, right before we sat in, yeah, down in that ritual. I had texted Lily that uh, picture because we were in the woods and I was like oh my gosh this makes me think of you because the in the redwoods there were these crossed trees and then a straight tree in the middle that looked like algas yeah and, uh, and then she the, pulled it right yeah so that's the one I got so yeah. yes yeah that what did we do after oh yeah we, we split we all up did, so. we did split up all right who wants to go first well you did some chanting Tell us about the, you, was that what you did? No, I did. Uh, I did Amy Blackthorne. Oh yes, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I went to Amy Blackthorne's uh, Justice Craft of the Wise, and it was really, really informative. Uh, Amy Blackthorne is an author that's written a book called Botanical Magic. I have not read it, but the synopsis looks great, and I would probably, I think it's probably worth it if you're into plants like we are. Well, like, well, at least Jay is for Jay is like plant goddess over here i i'm struggling in california but um, i really do love the plants and thought well this sounds right up my alley justice and plants i'm in but um really she talked mostly about uh use of essential oils and you know there was a lot of discussion about which essential oil should i buy and she was like i thought her um her advice there was pretty good she basically said all brands will you know all brands will have 
some oils that are good and some oils that are not so good. Like basically every brand doesn't necessarily make every single oil to the same standard, which um, she said, you know, basically if you're, if you maybe paying a little bit more, you might be getting, you know, getting more for your money, but that basically you can do several self tests, which I think she, uh, talks about in her book about a test, like testing basically like if you, um, blot it on a piece of white paper and then come back like uh, the next day and it looks like somebody like cried on it, then, then your oil is being cut with water. Or that if it looks like real greasy, like the bottom of a french fry bag when you get done with it, that it's being cut with a, a lot of carrier oil. But that if it's, if it's a lot of the essential oil, it will just evaporate and dry up. So I thought that was really interesting that you could basically test how good or not good your essential oils are. But she did a lot of um, talking about what oils are good for certain uh, magic work and I really enjoyed it because it, it kind of if you just start thinking about how things smell like that to me is kind of your guide so things that are um, cutting to me are things that are good for justice so like black pepper um, peppermint mm, nutmeg is also good vetiver is good and you know some things that are citrusy like lemon balm you know all of these are good like if you're I am not particularly I'm not a candle magic person so I don't dress candles and, and leave them burning also because I'm very afraid of fire but <laughs> if you are into that you can dress them with these oils especially if you're doing um, She oh she had a really great point about like if you want to try and stop a bill from becoming a law or on the converse, try to help a bill become a law, you have the bill's true name by just like the HB, you know, whatever, one, two, three, X, Y, Z. You have the bill's true name and the date that it came into creation. So you can use that in your spell work to kind of like amp up. Oh, I like what's that. Gonna happen. Right. And same with court documents. She said, basically, if you use, you know, I'm, I'm also not the greatest into astrology or anything but you have the true name or the true birth date of like court documents because the date they were filed um you know the case name all of those things you can use that you can do a, a chart on it basically and you know go from there as a strategy for how to that's interesting i, like I really liked of, that of, yeah. of doing astrological charts for like yeah. non-human objects basically she said treat the court case as a person I like that. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting and something I'd never really read or heard about before. So I enjoyed that. But I really liked I liked her ideas about um, how to work with bills and, you know, also, you know, things that have already become a law. Basically, you want to do um, like you if it's a law that you want undone, you want to treat it like you're breaking a hex. So I, I don't know. I just stuff that I hadn't really thought about. Um, but uh, let's see if I'm missing. Let me see if I'm missing any more. Um, oh, I really liked this idea too. Sorry, I shared this with Scarlett last night, but I want to share it here on the podcast because I thought it was so great. So basically she was talking about the idea that how many of us live in spaces where it's really okay to just bury some shit at a crossroads. Like if you want to dispose of your magical workings or whatever, like say you burned some you know, you burned the name of the house bill, whatever that you want to destroy, and now you're, you need to go bury it at a crossroads. Well, it's not really convenient, like, for me. I live in an apartment. Uh, it's a real busy area. I don't want to, like, just be out on the corner under a full moon, like, burying shit in the ground. But she said um, the idea, like, big box stores, the trash cans of big box stores are kind of like a new crossroads because... They're a different liminal space every day. Trash is always being taken out. The shelves are always changing inside these big box stores. So you could deposit your magical workings in the trash of one of these big, in front of one of the big box stores and, you know, walk away from it. You can, you know, walk away without looking back and it's going to change in 24 hours. So, and that was the idea, like early on, Crossroads were something where merchants would meet 
set up for the night, you know, to stay overnight and, you know, share things. And then it would be a totally different space the next day. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was really unique. Uh, Let's see, making sure. Oh, this this I'd never heard of either. If you want to, you could, like, if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to make sure that somebody was going to, like, go to jail, like, if they broke a law or whatever... You could go get dirt from any courthouse, like not necessarily the courthouse that they're going to be tried in or anything, but get some dirt and mail it to them. Oh! Like, that sounds pretty fucking serious. Um, yeah, and then I really liked this for if you're going to any protests or rallies, if you wanted to make like a, a little bit of um, an oil, and you would put it in a carrier oil, of course, if you wanted to like put it on you or anything. But if you wanted to make like an oil for battle, uh, black pepper oil, lavender, lemon balm, uh, and put it all into almond oil, and you could—it's good for like just putting on yourself, like to give you power. Because black black pepper is empowering, uh, lavender's protection, lemon balm is also protection and also uplifting because you'll need that for rallies and marches and things. So I thought that was really great. Um, yeah, she had some really uh, great things. And then I thought the good one of the points, and um, well, I have two last points on this, and then I'll turn it over to somebody else's time. But um, you can totally use shit that you have already. Like essential oils are expensive, uh, especially if you're buying stuff that's that's decent. Like if you have a stick of frankincense incense. Like, scrape some of that shit off into whatever magical working you're trying to do. Use nutmeg out of your kitchen. Like, make your own black pepper oil. Just, like, put some peppercorns in some olive oil and let it sit for however long you can. I mean, you can definitely do all of these things on a budget. You do not have to buy the best and most expensive essential oil out there. And honestly, like, we talk about stuff all the time. It's the intention like, you are the magic ingredient, not these things. Um, and obviously, people that are, like, selling you essential oils through, like, a multi-level yeah, marketing place, yeah. that didn't exist, like, no. 200 or nope. 1,000 or 3,000 years ago. Right. So, the and people that created these practices weren't using these types of products to begin with. So, don't be down on yourself. Absolutely. Um, jasmine, sandalwood, frankincense, other oils that are good for use in uh, working justice magic. And something that I, she said, just the last thing that I think she said that I thought that was very important, like if you're spending time trying to make spells to have someone behave differently, like you don't like the way they're behaving, just remember, it is it is not your job or our job as witches to heal our abusers. And I thought that was a really, really good point. And it was a point that she basically ended on. So that was it was good. I'm very glad I went. I learned some, some new shit. So good job. Neato. Neato. Okay, while I was doing that. I went to Ancestors of Blood and Spirit uh, ritual. It was done by R.J. Stewart, who is an adorable Scottish man, um, and basically uh, it was in one of the huge ballrooms, so it was a really big group of people, and it was a very chill, because I thought it was, like might be like really dark, because mm. the sound of blood and spirit right, it sounded sounds really intense, dark, and I was yeah. like, oh, oh, this might, after Realms of Dark Goddesses, but it was actually really, really calm That's good. and chill. And um, we basically all stood, like, we did all the calls, the corners. Um, Santa was in the north. Like, he was actually, like, a popular Santa in the area. Um, and he was already sitting in he, the north? They, no, he had him sit in the north. Oh. He was like, Santa, I need you to sit in the north, which I guess he knew Santa, Funny. which I guess makes sense. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, so he started doing, like, a chant, and then we all started joining in of kind of like a... Hey nah. and then we'd be Ooh. like, "Hey nah. I like that. Ha 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 and then we were like standing stones, where you were basically picture yourself like all the like the stone circles all over the world, like picturing yourself like basically being one of these standing stones while we were chanting all these different mm. like meditative 
chants that were really calming. And basically, this is, like, your line to your ancestors, whether they're blood or spirit. And, like, he talked about that there's three types. There's uh, ancestors of blood that you're obviously, like, related to by DNA. There's ancestors of spirit that you might not be related to by blood, but that you are connected to by spirit. Mm. And then there are ancestors ancestors that are both, that you're connected to them on a spiritual level and on a blood level. Mm. That's awesome. And uh, so, and you basically are connecting to that stone that you have created of yourself to connect, and you use that to connect to that line to them. And he also made a good point that you're that people tend to think like that ancestors have to be human. Mm. And he was making a point like your spirit ancestor could be, you know, fae, or they could be an animal, right? Um, so like to not just limit yourself and. Uh, you know that and he also talked about if you're adopted because one of the ladies was adopted and asked she was like i don't know any history of my family it was like they still exist mm-hmm. they are still there you can still call to them you don't have to have a name you don't have to have this whole history drawn out of it telling you exactly who they are they will still speak to you and guide you you just connect to them and call them they still exist in your history they're still there right so I, I really liked that point, and I yeah. thought that was a great point. Also, as an adopted person, your adopted family and that line of ancestors, even ones that you did, like great, 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 they're still your ancestors. Absolutely. You still get them. They, yeah. Like, you yeah. don't get They you, still count. It's not, it's like, yeah. They're not excluded. They're not, not your ancestors. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he... Uh, he also played a flute at one point to, like, kind of bring it back down, which I absolutely loved that there was a Scottish man playing flute. And I was like, yes, this, so awesome. this was absolutely worth it. But another thing they, uh, uh, one of the ladies there brought up was, like, the, your ways also to con- further connect with your ancestors or things like working with the land. Um, because they are connected to the land. Right. And then, you know, through your home, which we all know through Lily, like, you know, she connects to them like in her own way through her home and everything she does around the house and waking up the spirits of her house and um but making an ancestor altar um having an ancestor chant i liked that idea too and i'd like to kind of think on that of what that would be Mm. and then consulting your dreams oh yeah so yeah I, i i liked it i enjoyed it it was it was good i really i like the the flute that's, yes, that's super cool. it was very charming. Well, I also like the idea of standing and pretending you're like a stone. Yeah. That sounds really great. Yeah. Well, and I think most people, even if they've never visited an archaeological site, like, has seen pictures of Stonehenge. Right. Or, you or know, Easter and, Island, even. Yeah, or, yeah, and it's just so evocative, like, yes. this idea that these primitive people made these huge structures and I think they just really spark something in people's imaginations so that seems like a good symbol that like a lot of people can grab onto as as being inherently kind of woo woo so like yeah yeah inherently and what did you go do I went to the moment of creation which was a uh Egyptian ritual um, strangely scheduled at night and not morning. <laughs> Although, ironically, they said they looked it up and it was morning in Cairo when we were oh, doing it, so that's kind of hey. funny. But um, it was a real small ritual. Um, it was, uh, you know, they had it in darkness and uh, there was, like, a little bit of call and response and um, they also gave us glow sticks so that we could all crack them at the same moment. Oh, so, hey. so it's always fun to have, like, a little prop or something true um and there was a lot of uh some of the the invocations or things that they were reading or descriptions of what was being symbolized by this ritual were from the pyramid texts and the book of the dead and stuff so so i love that because i'm already like all egypt all the time Mm. so i liked all that but they did the specific um i mean there's multiple creation stories um in egyptian mythology but they chose to do um the agdoad which is a little more obscure than maybe the ones people know about, like Shu and Tefna and um, Jeb and Nuit and everything. And uh, it's four pairs of uh, complementary deities that represent the four elements of chaos, which is, it's, if you're not familiar with them, um, it's very like 
quantum physics, like very modern because it's so abstract and elemental and not personified. So it's like, um, Keck and Keket, um, Amun and Amunet, uh, I, you know, I'm blanking out, but, um, they're basically like the forces of, uh, darkness and like, uh, primordial waters and Mm. invisibility and uh infinite space so it's so just just to me the concept of chaos having elemental components of it Mm. it really speaks to me because it's such an abstract comment like concept and it's one that like physics itself doesn't really understand completely so just i mean it's really interesting if that speaks if that idea speaks to you at all you can seriously just look up like agduad on wikipedia and dive into it so I enjoyed it just because it was totally my aesthetic. Spell it for people because Ogdoad. Um, so it's O G D O A D Ogdoad. It means group of eight. Right, so yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But um. Oh, and they also did a neat little like kind of quarter thing, which is not going to translate to podcasting whatsoever. But it's a little do your ge- best. They they <laughs> do a little gesture which is supposed to look like an onk, which I love because that's the Egyptian yeah. symbol of life. So in each direction, instead, for example, drawing a pentagram or something, you would do this onk. So basically, you do your arms out laterally, and th- those are the arms of the onk. Then you bring it back in, you know, from, you know, finger to elbow to shoulder out perpendicular to ground. And then you do your arms in a circle above your head, and then, you know, cross when they get over your head and bring it back down to your chest. And that's the, the loop of the onk. Oh, nice. And then you bring your hands together and and bring them down to the floor to be the staff the, the staff of the onk. So mm. I liked that. I thought that was real cute. And they also so they did it for each uh they did it for the floor, the four corners and then the ceiling mm-hmm. because they were like envisioning uh building a temple. And of course, that's they they made the point to say that, that that's a modern invention because Egyptians would have been doing these things in dedicated temples, so they didn't need to create sacred space. It was already, it was full time sacred all the time. So, right. but I I just thought it was really cute. So that's definitely something I might crib. So I like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you enjoyed it. It was fun. I mean, I'm gonna like pretty much any Egyptian ritual you right. throw at me. Yeah. Um. Did we do that? That was it for yeah. Our and night, then we right? then we went to bed. Then we. Came home and went to sleepy times. Okay, so we're just going to roll on into today. Well, this is the third day of the con, and um, it's like halfway through the day, so we're going to go ahead and uh, keep going with what we did today. Uh, We started with... What did y'all start with? We did the... Let me look up what the actual proper name of this was, because there were multiple words involved. (laughs) Yes. It was hardship, fear, and power, a deep, wild magic of connection. Yeah, and it, it, it was surprisingly, again, heavy for morning time. Um, so this was a, uh, I, don't, I don't know, that's the name of the group. It's the Deep, deep Heart Great Well uh, group. That's the name of their group. I think Great Heart Society. Deep Well, Great Heart Society. Society. I was close. Deep Heart. There's wells and hearts. Wells and hearts. And uh, basically, it was a medium-sized room with chairs ringed around the outside, all facing in. And they had a large uh, vessel of water in the middle. And when I say it was like a large bowl, lots of candles around it. And uh, this uh, the woman that was leading it had a, had a pitcher. And she said, okay, what we're going to do is... Uh, fill up this pitcher and pass it around and the, f- the first time it goes around we're going to ask you to um, name something that you're troubled with and and basically blow it into the pitcher you know name something that you're troubled with name it out loud uh, just a few words yeah blow it into the pitcher so everyone around you know around the room did that and it was you know it seemed it was all you know like difficult personal stuff um and but nobody said more than like you know five or ten words at the most yeah and some people just said like one word yeah you know? some people it just was said one short word. and sweet it was short and sweet uh so it got back around to her and was that that wasn't it was that the time she no. said it was pretty heavy i mean i'm sure it was a little heavy but then she dumped out the picture well first we oh, hummed sorry. over it oh yeah right that's right so each time we hummed over the picture 
uh, just all not literally over it we were just seated in a circle it was very meditative and relaxed so. absolutely and dark yeah and had... the lights were out and yeah. one thing that she said that i liked about why it was dark is she's like there's something about when oh, you yeah. can't quite see everybody's faces and you're focused towards the center it opens you up a little bit because it's very intimidating to go around a circle and be put on the spot to say something that's like you're deeply concerned about in your personal shit Right. You know, to a group of strangers, which I thought, I mean, is real obvious when you think about it. But, like, if you're designing a ritual and something confessional is happening, maybe maybe make it a little darker if people yeah. be, feel a little less put on the spot. Yeah, I thought that was good, too. And I think it definitely helps people open up when, you know, people are kind of shrouded in shadow. Um, so then we just uh, vibrated over it. So it was just literally, like, the group being like, mm, or whatever yeah. tone. And just until it kind of felt enough. Right. And then she poured the water uh, back into the bowl. So then the, she filled the pitcher again. The pitcher went around again. And this time we were to uh, name something that was troubling us in the, in like our community, our family, like just like expand the circle just a little bit further out past yourself. And so th I felt like that time, like people were expressing really, you know, really hard things that they were dealing with. Like, because I think sometimes it's easier to figure out the thing that's troubling you in your close circle more. That's easier to figure out more than the things that are troubling you, like, inside yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, it's, you know, it's almost easier to reach out and touch the external stuff that's, that's bothering you rather than figuring out what's at your core. So I thought that that round was, was pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was very varied. I don't want to, like, break anybody's confidentiality oh, with that. No. But, I mean, it was things from, like, you know, divorces of people that are close to you that you're concerned about, you know, um, uh, to, like, kind of more social issues. To or, like, work issues. Work issues. Like... Yeah. I mean, like, really specific stuff that, you know, the rest of us may or may not you know get exactly what you're talking about but obviously the emotion was something that resonated with everybody right and when so when that one got back around and she took it she's like this is fucking heavy yeah i liked how she kind of introduced a little bit of levity into the situation yeah it's a good mix yeah and so same thing you vibrate over it um she was actually like we gotta do a little more because this is still real heavy because we kind of stopped the the chant and she's like yeah, let, let's do Keep another going. another yeah. round of it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one we did was exact same thing, but um, take it a little another step out. So something that's kind of affecting the, world. the mm. world or the country or things like that. So um, you know, environmental issues were a big one that a lot of people said. Political issues were a big one. Um, you know, things like that. And uh, so yeah, same thing again. You know, we we bring it together and everybody kind of knew from from that second round that you were gonna have to like really push some some energy into give that. it your all in the tone yeah, yeah definitely and i felt like i felt like the energy was definitely amped up in that one because i feel like we all knew oh shit like we gotta we gotta clear this so, yeah yeah and then in the end what we did is she so she poured that water back in and then took another gulp of the pitcher and passed it around and then was like, now we're not really drinking this water because flu season. But, like, <laughs> spiritually, like, take take a sip of it in this well that's bottomless. Um, what can you take that is going to be of comfort or inspiration to you? And if you want to say a word or two about what it is that you are drawing from this. Um, and so then we all did that. Right. And the, then... And that was it. Yeah. It was good. There were a couple of things that, that she said that I liked. Like, she was talking about, like, before we got started, everyone kind of taking in a breath that she was like, you know, breathe in, breathe out. We're all breathing each other's air right now. Mm -hmm. And and those, there's, you know, that water that's in that air, that water that's in your cells, this water that's part of this well, it's all connected. It's all the same water. So so just kind of in a real poetic way, but, but short and sweet, sort of describing the symbolism of of the well of using the water right. and the other thing i like that was kind of a weird little detail is it was in the sort of like 
gold like glass sort of urn or amphora and she had a stoneware jug and it just happened that when she would dip mm. into it yeah. and clang it against the sides it had this really great kind of ring to it yeah it was a beautiful like deep sound yeah it, all, it was almost like a musical instrument yeah. or something um but yeah. it just had that like just like a nice little extra touch of there being a, a, a an auditory element to it yeah i like that oh mm-hmm. i'm glad you i'm glad you noted that that's true mm-hmm. yeah i felt really um I felt good after, like, I had done work, you mm-hmm. know? I really felt like I had done work after that one. So, yeah. And you, you were... I was at Mirrors of Truth. Oh, yeah. Um, it was put on by, it was put on by the Temple of Aphrodite. And um, they are a temple in Oakland, um, pretty local. And uh, they had their, uh, several of their priestesses there. And uh, we started out by blessing, like, they, the priestesses blessed her altar, like, with wine and chocolate. Nice. Um, Good start. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started singing and hailing her, and still lots of singing. Um, I feel like almost everyone like I've been to has been singing. We've done a lot of singing. So my voice is very tired. Yeah. But, um, but it was good, and um, and there was a priestess that was aspecting as Aphrodite mm-hmm. that came in, and she was draped in a, a beautiful red veil and a beautiful red dress, and you could see that there was shimmery, like, like glist- I don't know, she was, like, listening, so she kind of had a glow about her. Mm. Um, and uh, so then they had a, us, after we were done hailing her, we went around the room to each other, to all the individuals participating, and you were supposed to stare into each other's eyes and give a compliment or some s- sort of kindness, um, and uh, which is not hard for me. I <laughs> like being nice to people, um, but I, I got a crazy energy during that where I was like, ah, like hopped up on being like loving and kind to people just because that is my <laughs> jam. So I was like, Ugh. I wish I had um, gone to that with you to compare and contrast because I would have been like, your face doesn't suck. And yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. But yeah, not to you personally. I, I mean to people. I wouldn't say that to you. I would say you're you're a beautiful little space anime creature. Oh, but it was really there were so many kind, nice people, and um, so yeah, I got like really welled up with. Te- it was weird because I was like teary eyed, but I was also like hopped up on this loving energy. So like I felt like a little like space bunny. I, I knew was, like, that was gonna up. be. I, I was knew. hopping around like the whole thing, like where I was like, let me give love to people. Oh my god, I knew um, that was gonna be her jam. Oh, and uh, so, but yeah, there were several people that were like, oh, you radiate like energy and kindness you do and uh so i was just like apparently this is like my jam it is your jam um so yeah it was really nice and there was you know some very kind people that like you deserve love like you deserve to give yourself love and i was like okay thank you because i'm not good i'm good at giving and i'm not so good i tend to uh bring myself down or yeah. doubt myself and then I get a can of pennies shaking can at me. Can of pennies! Can of pennies! <laughs> Scarlet has been shaking cans of pennies at me all weekend. We need to get our empowerment rattle. Yes. <laughs> Imaginary cans of pennies. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so yeah, so that was that was very fulfilling, um, being able to give kindness and then others give it back and it was just a swirling of energy. That's um, neat. And then we all did a pledge to Aphrodite where um, the priestesses gave out these little mirrors, and you got to keep the little mirror, and you oh souvenirs, yeah, you stare into the mirror, and then you make your pledge, mm. and uh, that was really incredible too. And then you got a little keepsake, and now you can keep this mirror to look into whenever you need to remind yourself that there's a piece of the goddess within you. So, I like that. Yeah. So it was it was really really cool. Um, and then afterwards, the priestess that was aspecting as Aphrodite came up to me and was like, do I know you? And I was like, I don't think so, because I'm obviously from Texas. Um, and she was like, you caught my eye during the ritual. She was like, you were beautiful. And I was just facts, like, facts. oh my god. Do you understand that Aphrodite told you you're beautiful? So yeah, Fucking so that shit. was incredible. Yeah. So I just... Yeah. You I, needed that. Fact I, truths. Yes. Fact truths all the way. So I left feeling like 
like I got to give love because there were several people I think needed it that I got to connect with there that I was like well let me fill you with the love I have to give yeah. um, but I also got to be filled as well because I tend to deplete myself giving it all the time and I love giving it so sometimes I just I forget to replenish myself so it was good a reminder. good reminder yeah, yeah it was good that's awesome then well okay so then the next time slot uh, Scarlet you did something different than we did. Oh, I went to a Saraswati Puja. Um, so, and that was really nice because um, there was a, um, it was uh, two two women leading it, and um, both of them were uh, of Indian descent. One it was raised Hindu, which was really great because she just kind of talked about, like, what she did growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really awesome. And uh, the other one, she actually grew up in a Muslim household, but, like, she was talking about how culturally, like, you watch a Bollywood film and, you know, it's just part of the culture where somebody will, like, be, like, going and doing puja for their brother or, like, you know, like, you see people with these these items in their homes and things like that. And so so it was nice to get that perspective Mm -hmm. because that's something that that even in PantheaCon is a little underrepresented of Eastern spirituality in general and then people of color and, like, people doing their their indigenous faith or the faith that they were raised with so i really enjoyed that and it was pretty simple it was if it people was people don't know what puja is or oh puja tell. just simply means prayer so right. it's like just um uh, a hindu devotional to right. a god and so um it could be anything from as simple as first thing in the morning after you get showered and put on clean clothes you go to your altar that will have an assortment of gods not just this was to satisfati in specific but it would usually be of the whole gang and the uh, whole gang the whole gang and um so so you go through where um you know you ritually like clean their feet and for Saraswati you put like um the tilak which is like the the red sandalwood paste and um you would and we couldn't do it here because you can't have open flames in the hotel but you would you know offer incense and um and then you offer um so they had like a big plate of food that we offered to her and then afterwards you you eat it because one good idea to like you know have a snack after you've done a little like woo-woo stuff yeah. yeah but but also you know it doesn't go to waste and and it's a way to take in that blessing and um we also did uh, uh saraswati's mantra 108 times so um typically you'd have like a mala which has 108 beads and so you just say it 108 times which was great because I love doing that and it like really speaks to me, but I'm super ADD and have trouble like forcing myself to do 108. So it's nice to be in a room where like you're someone's doing it, someone's, you're committing, to someone's it. timing it out for you and doing yeah. it. So um, and of course, if you're not familiar, Saraswati is the uh, Hindu goddess of uh, literature Ooh. and language yeah. and knowledge and music and poetry and. Um, and even things that are a little adjacent to that, like doctors and lawyers, like anything that that's a, a skill or profession that involves study mm. and uh, things like that. That sounds perfect for you. Yes, I love I love her, and she's actually one of the uh, goddesses that's actually in the Vedas. So, mm. um, more popular goddesses like Durga and Kali are are actually not in the Vedas. That's that's the real real old stuff. That's like three thousand plus, and. Um, and she's actually named after a river. So originally there was a, a literal Saraswati River. And um, it's since dried up and changed direction and whatnot. And um, because I've been thinking about working with uh, Mississippi. Because I was mm. like, how can I connect to like the spirits of the United States in a way that feels sincere and speaks to me but isn't like appropriation-y, you know? Right. And, and, but I was thinking like... The, the Mississippi River in the United States has so much in common with that because if you think of all the cities that are on the Mississippi, sure. they're all associated with music. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, St. Louis, Memphis. Yeah. Like, so there is, and it, it's like, you know, mighty Mississippi. Like, it's it's the biggest river in the United States. Like, it in terms of volume of water going through it and lean in terms of like mercantile and yeah, in, yeah and, and in terms of like its importance industry, in terms of commerce yeah. and how many major cities are along it right but Which there's just 
there's a ritual just on like the United States rivers. Yeah, to be super cool. But yeah. I just it blew my mind how many similar because I was like just looking at a map and I was and so Saraswati is a goddess of like music and literature and arts and things like that. And I was like, there's something about this river energy, no matter what continent you are, you're mm-hmm. on, that draws from this same source of, right. of this river goddess energy that is about music and and words and like language and things like and that culture and knowledge yeah knowledge. yeah so so i and ironically like mississippi and sarasvati have the same amount of syllables and oh, like yeah. so anyway I, I was like i now i kind of want to like explore that idea a little more it was something sure. i was kind of tossing around in my head so yeah that was, that was fun, fun. While you were doing that, you couldn't be in two places at once because your jam is also ISIS. Yes. Oh, yes. And I <laughs> I ordered you guys to go to this other one yes, because yes. I also wanted to go to that. Yes. yes. It was... Why you would have them at the same time, I don't know. Because yeah. ISIS and Saraswati are very adjacent. They have similar portfolios. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. you would think that people would be interested in going to both. So why they would have them conflict, I don't know. But, <laughs> we, but Jay and I went to uh, the Waters of Life, Lady of Magic, and Offering Right to ISIS. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it was put on by the House of Golden Isis, and yeah, it was it was really yeah. flowy as it should be. It was a water ritual, very watery. Yes, the uh, woman that that uh, opened the quarters and basically like consecrated the the our quote unquote temple had a beautiful singing voice, and she was singing in Egyptian. Uh, and she had a beautiful gold winged cape yes. that had like where it ha- was lined to where when she could draw it out. It, like, they're called wings. wings of Isis. It's like a belly dancing prop. Oh. Yes, yeah, yeah, she she had those, and uh, it would that was beautiful. And uh, just the not only was her voice beautiful, but that language is really really beautiful. Even yeah, though it's like the syllables are kind of short. It's it's really pretty. Well, the problem is that it's written uh, without vowels so we don't yeah. actually know, really know what the exact pronunciation would be mm. so i mean philologists we're uh, kind of riffing basically they, yeah they they can read and there's waiters reconstruct it because we do have um phonetic uh written accounts of like coptic and like later languages where you can kind of maybe reconstruct what it but anyway it's a little ambiguous is what i'm saying so. right anyway i thought it was i thought it was beautiful and then there was a like a lead priest yeah, like, um, there were two two priestesses and a priest, and uh, the priest, he uh, led a chant where we basically purified the water. Yes, yeah, so on the altar, they had several gorgeous statues of Isis, one, one very large, um, probably like a good, I don't know, two or three feet uh, tall, really beautiful, and a, uh, and two, um, two empty... Two empty vases, quite large vases, filled with stones. Uh, they didn't well filled with stones, but did not have water in it at the time. Yes, and then uh, and they had the two cups filled with water. Two cups filled with water that they each held, and they and we said purified some words it. over it and purified that water, and then. Um, yeah, we did uh, an offering basically, uh, where each participant then took their turns going up. There were two people with each of the cups, uh, the priest, and um, Much he, like Catholicism. Yes. <laughs> and he filled it with water and then handed you the cup and then you could do whatever you wanted. If you wanted to kneel, some people kneeled, some people stood, some people raised to the glass, but that you make your offering to Isis and then you pour the water into onto the stones to like quench the stu- these dry stones. As an offering, right? Basically, like giving giving Isis your your pure heart as a devotional. And some people said words. Some people uh, just you know maybe whispered. You know, it was all just like you know choose your own adventure, blessing basically. Um, so when that was finished, yes, and then we had to enchant it with our voices. So like we consecrate the river stones with our voices. So we so more singing is yes, what you're more saying. More singing, yes, and, or it well, it's kind of like a hum, like yeah. kind of a chant, uh, like of I, I I can't remember exactly how we did it, but we we said our different names. Where we started out with Isis, and then there was Oset, and um, my favorite was Sothis, the star that heralds the inundation. Inundation, yes. 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 
um, yeah. and yeah. it was like just different names that you could choose whatever you. Yeah, wanted I guess she to. has a lot of names. Yes. Well, Isis is her Greek name, right. and Aset uh, is the actual Egyptian name. So right. Greeks were like real not cool with trying to pronounce foreign words, and they would just be like, "We're." Offset. We're not calling They're it They're like, Aset's, like, we're just gonna say Isis. That's more Greeky sounding. Wow. Way to go, Greeks. Well, the Greek word barbarian, so anyone that's played a RPG, barbarians, Conan the Bar, like, that word is Greek, and what it means is, uh, they thought that people who didn't speak Greek sounded like they were going, bar, 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 bar. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So the word barbarian is automatopoetic. It's basically like calling people blah blahdians <laughs> I like yeah. it I'm gonna well we're gonna coin that now too yep. <laughs> blah blahdians um yeah so we went through her different names they only gave us like what five uh, but apparently she has like 10,000 names so many like, names they got us of 10,000 names yes so, luckily we did not have to go through all 10,000 because we would have been there for a while yes but um but yeah it was nice we all chanted and it, you enchanted the stones um, right, the stones in the vases were now enchanted, and then at the end, we all got to go take a stone <gasps> out of the oh, vase. But wait, oh, but wait, he oh. actually poured before, like we were just pouring oh, regular water right. that we blessed, but then he poured actual Nile <gasps> River water what? in the water yeah. that was with the stones. Yeah. So then when you were pulling out a stone, it was a stone that was both in the water that we blessed and Nile also River Nile, water. Nile River water. Um, a little so, bit. Yes, and, oh, and we had finished early. He was like, y'all were very efficient in your offerings. Oh, yeah. So I I ended up getting to be the person to pull the oracle card um, because they asked for a volunteer, and I raised my hand. Um, And they had an Isis oracle deck. Yes, and I got to pull the card, and it was the wings of Isis, and she was like, this is perfect, because it was basically, uh, like, the wings of Isis meant, like... Basically, like... Emphasizing that connection between uh, your spiritual self and your mundane self, like basically, the like that is connected. You have an angelic purpose, basically. Yeah, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. Yeah, the one of the parts of the soul after you die in Egyptian art is called the the ka, and it's pictured as like a little guy with your face, but a little bird body. So, so birds are, birds are, are a symbol of like the spirit or, or the soul. Right. Yeah. Oh, and then they also, to bring it back down before we grabbed our stones was we, um, we did this little like stretch kind of like oh, breathing yeah. exercise that I really enjoyed. And basically your hands are, you cup your hands under your belly button mm-hmm. and you like basically put your energy like of yourself, like in all that you are, like all that's heavy into this heavy little dense ball right. that is in your hands. And then, and you inhale and bring it all into that ball and then you exhale really hard and you bring your wings up and so you bring <gasps> your arms yep. up like wings to above oh. your head. Then you and inhale then, the power of Isis. But when you do that, you bring your hands, hands inward. In. So you're yep. like... Flip your like, hands. Yeah, flip your hands. They're still raised like a goddess. And you're, you're breathing in the goddess. They're actually it. acting it out in front of me, and yes. they look very majestic. You and can't then, see it, but I'm telling you. And then you exhale back out, and you put it out into the world. Your wings, you bring your wings back down, and you're, put, you're putting all that energy of the goddess out into the world. Yeah, and it's you do it several times until you feel good, oh, and then we grabbed our stones, and it was you amazing. got a souvenir. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it was a very, very well done, uh, really very beautiful ritual. Yeah. yeah, well, neato. I'm glad that you gave me that report. An excellent altar by the Isis, oh, yes. by the Golden Isis group. Beautiful altar. So, I mean, we have had quite a bunch of experiences to share with you guys. This was really, really. This has been great. Has yes. it been great? Oh my gosh, my first first PantheaCon, and it was it was great. We basically have one more night, and I don't know if you guys are gonna go to some things tomorrow. I am probably not, but we're gonna recap uh, probably one more time. But we hope you're enjoying all of this. We sure are, and we love uh, talking to you about it. So yeah, yay! One, yay. two, three. Hocus pocus, bitches! All right, food. No. Food. So hungry. Gotta pee.